Hello and welcome to the Life Enchanted podcast. We're on a mission to optimize our lives through faith, health, wisdom, and much more. Thank you for joining us on our journey. Here now is our host, Nick Carlisle. My friends, Nick Carlisle here, stoked to be back with you. As promised on my Instagram, I wanted to follow up that last episode, which was my testimony with another episode that kind of just filled in some gaps or just added a little bit more insight or wisdom, whatever. I just, I basically listened to what I said to those kids and I thought, dang, I wish I would have said this. I wish I would have said that, but it happened the way it was supposed to happen. I truly believe that and I'm stoked for it and I'm stoked that it's resonating with you guys and uh, hopefully resonated with the kids. I just was real. I was authentic. I was open and vulnerable. I spoke what was inside of me on my heart. And I, and man, it was healing. It was so healing. Hopefully for the kids, hopefully for everyone else. But it was super healing for me, which was so beautiful. And and I was not expecting that. It was very emotional and hard. But man, I feel so much lighter now. And it really speaks to the fact that the best thing for us is to share what's going on internally. And I know that might sound like, yeah, well, duh, but for real, you know your secrets, you know your longings, you know what you're struggling with, what you're obsessing with, what you're addicted to. As long as you keep those things inside of you and only inside of you, it's just going to poison your body. It's going to poison your soul. It's going to poison your mind. You're going to feel like a fake. It's a mask. And after I gave that talk, I felt so known, which is what I said in the, in the testimony too. Like, oh, there's that theme again of, of being known. Wow. All my students really know me now. All my podcaster, podcast listeners really know me now. And what's weird is the byproduct of that knownness is humility. Like I have an energy of humility inside of my body stronger than I've ever really had. And with that humility also comes peace, an energy of peace. I don't have to prove anything. I'm known. I'm open. They know it all. I'm good. I don't have to wear any teacher mask. I don't have to wear any, you know, wellness coach mask thing, whatever. Right? It's so beautiful to be known, my friends. And I just want to encourage you to share your heart with someone, share what's going on internally. There's fear of judgment there. Like, that's why we don't do it. We fear we're going to get judged. We fear we're not going to get accepted. That's some bullshit. <laughs> Straight up. Like, that. that is your ego, your false self, your biological human body telling you, don't do that. You're not going to be accepted. If they know who you truly are, they're going to kick you out of the tribe. That's the narrative preventing you from being real. That you're not going to be loved and accepted. But guess what? You already are loved and accepted. And the more open and honest and vulnerable and authentic you are, ironically, the more loved and accepted you will be. And that's truth. Full stop. So I just want to encourage you, my friends, start sharing what is on your heart. Start sharing what is going on. It's liberating. I also want to say that I'm a firm believer that everything in life happens for us. And scripture backs this up. All things work for the good for those who love him. I don't know what book that's in, but I know it's in scripture somewhere. Look it up. All things work for the good of those who love him. 
Everything happens for us. And that's true for you. If I were to sit down with you right now and ask you, what are all the hardest things you've been through in your life? And we went through all of them, every single one of them. The deaths, the embarrassments, the shame, the failures, all of that. And then I asked you the question, okay, looking at this list, how has all of this happened for you? Each one, how does this happen for you? How has this made you a more powerful human, a more mature human? How did this help you learn and grow and evolve? How did this make you better? How did this make you love God more? How did this make you understand yourself more? How did this change your future, your path, the trajectory you're on? Everything happens for you, my friend. But you have to allow that. You have to allow that. You have to believe that. It's true, but you have to believe it. If you don't, if you fight against it and you play the victim, oh, I got, you know, my husband left me or, you know, my parents didn't love me like they loved my older sibling or whatever. Like there's so many different things we could say and play the victim to, but okay, cool. Like have fun watching Netflix and indulging and numbing yourself out from that narrative. It's different when you tell yourself it's all happened for me. How can I use this and leverage this for the kingdom of God? Which, if you do that, will bring you peace and joy and happiness and fulfillment, right? And if you look back, if I look back on my story, it's so crazy because all of those years and dozens and dozens and dozens, hundreds of hours in my little studio, in my college bedroom with my friends recording music with a bootleg mic and some clothes wrapped around it to buffer noise and it hanging off of a clothes hanger, just so bad. But we spent so many hours audio engineering. Hmm. And I, and I thought, I thought for so many years, I wasted a significant portion of my life rapping, pursuing music, making music. I'm not a musician. I don't even know how to play, play the piano. I can make a dope beat, but I don't even know how to play the piano. I wasted so much of my life doing audio engineering. Psych, what are you listening to right now? A podcast. Who created this podcast? Me. What does it require? Audio engineering. I would never have started this if I didn't know that I could do it myself. All of this, I do all of this myself. But the the cutting, the edi- editing, the audio recording, the fading in and out, the adding the music, the taking out harsh sounds, the effects, all that stuff I learned by making music. And I thought it was a waste of my life, but it's literally one of the main components of my now vocation, which is podcasting. It's so crazy. It's happened for me, right? And even my entire story, all the pain, like my sister passing away, the struggles in my family, my addiction, my lies, my stealing. All of that has been for me because it's allowed me to transform it into a story, to use it as a story to share with other people and to actually build something with and communicate to people the value of their own story and and the the beauty of the journey of the human ex- experience, right? Of overcoming struggle and encouraging each other and being raw and real, like it's all happened for me, and your life is the exact same, I promise you that, right, I promise you that. The other thing I want to touch on in, in regards to the last episode is 
my relationship with God and your relationship with God. And I would ask you, how personal is your relationship? Because I, until I was 26, I had a foundation of Christianity that was solid. Like I totally believed there was a God, but I had zero personal relationship with the living Christ, which is what life is, is all about. Christ in you, Christ in us, Christ is all and is in all. And it took me going through that desert, we'll call it, quite literally, actually, I was in a desert. But when I was in Mexico, that spiritual, that really powerful spiritual experience of the seizure and all that and the prayer and the creation responding, like that was so powerful and spiritual for me that it was clearly the divine creator, the creator God, Yahweh, responding to my cries. It was so real that I was like, holy moly, everything I've been learning is real. That's kind of the thought. Like, dang, this is real. And that was a very powerful place for me to be. I always believed it was real, but I never experienced it as being real. And there's a huge difference there. I love this definition of mysticism, of Christian mysticism. I'm going to butcher this, but it's something like mysticism, Christian mysticism is understanding experientially what is true about you theologically. Understanding experientially what is true about you theologically. So actually experiencing the energy, the feeling, the fruit of the spirit, the power of God, right? That is where you are in union with him and you you become a mystic. You experience the mystical. And that right there spoke to me so deeply. And I love that branch of spirituality. If you guys have never really dug into mysticism in Catholicism or just Christian mysticism, man, I, I, if if my podcast resonates with you, you'll probably dig it because it's just this branch of spirituality and Christianity that I feel like was neglected in the Western traditional evangelical world. It's all about uh, true self, false self, and um, contemplative prayer and meditation and mindfulness and beauty and spirituality and the gray and mysticism. Like it's so beautiful, so beautiful, so much wisdom there. I suggest starting to read some Richard Rohr. He's a little bit out there, but he's got some really genius things to say, I feel like, as well. Uh, there's, I would start there. I would start there. Um, and actually, Anthony DeMello as well. I'm going to throw in there Anthony DeMello. He's a uh, priest as well, Catholic priest. But he's from India, and he traveled the world speaking. But those two, if you start with Anthony DeMello and Richard Rohr, just go look up some of their books. Actually, I'll give you the names of the books. Start with Naked Now by Richard Rohr. Then read Awareness by Anthony DeMello. Then read Everything Belongs by Richard Rohr. And then read Rediscovering Life by Anthony DeMello. And tell me your mind ain't blown. Tell me your mind ain't blown. Okay, I regress. But experiencing God, that is where we are transformed. Experiencing God in the day today. And again, going back to what I said earlier, I believe that the more real you are with people, the more open and vulnerable and honest you are with people, that is the easiest way to experience God. Why? Because what I found is that God most often speaks to me through other people, through other believers. And that happens when I'm real with them, usually. They just give me a word or they say something. They give me a download or like a vi- like a, a picture, a vision. Like they just, they give me what I need. And I'm like, thank you, Lord. 
So I would just want to encourage you there again as well. Quick pause to shout out one of my favorite clothing companies, Viori. That's V-U-O-R-I. If you know me, you know that I am a sucker for well-fitted, durable, versatile, and stylish clothing. And Viori is just that. And I rock their stuff all the time, whether I'm working out or at the beach or hiking or at church or on a date night with the wife. I feel like I'm constantly wearing Viori. My favorite products right now are their Tuvalu tee, which is probably the best fitting tee I've ever found. Uh, their core shorts, and their Ponto performance pants. Viore's goal was to build men's and women's activewear that did not look like activewear, and they certainly achieved that goal. And for listeners of Life Enchanted, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So go and get yourself or your loved ones or whoever some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash enchanted. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash enchanted. Not only will you get 20% off your first purchase, but you will also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns as well. Just go to vioriclothing.com slash enchanted and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Okay, moving from that, what I didn't touch on a lot in that previous episode was the mental health struggles that I went to after getting sober until today. I still struggle with them. I've managed them quite well, I feel like, but they've been super heavy and dark, like the anxiety, the general anxiety, the pre- the depression, the social anxiety, the panic attacks. All of that came out of nowhere. I never struggled with mental unhealth until I was sober and I was 26 years old and I had the brain of a 14-year-old because I prevented it from growing in the correct way by just throwing substances in there at all times, which is not good. So now I have this 14-year-old brain, but I'm 26. And all of a sudden, I'm getting crazy anxiety in social situations. And I'm having panic attacks in social situations. And I have crazy depressive episodes and fear. And it was super gnarly. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? And at the same time, I'm like physically just not doing well. I was skinny fat and tired and lazy and not motivated and moody. And there's definitely an aspect to that, which is like my brain needed to, I was a drug addict. <laughs> like I can't expect to feel like Superman the day after I quit drugs. <laughs> so that's definitely a big aspect of it. But I, I didn't like feeling like that. And it was like, okay, let's start to solve this problem. So that's why I dove into the wellness world of like, how can I help manage what I am experiencing? Body composition, energy, mood, sleep, anxiety, depression, all of this. So that's why I became hyper diligent about the wellness stuff. And I just started learning about it and basically solving my own problems. But what I want to offer to you guys is that if you struggle mentally the best thing that you can do that I've found personally is meditation, is meditation, mindfulness, a concentration practice. There's so many different ways to say this, but here's what you do. You sit alone by yourself in a room for 20 minutes in the morning before or after your coffee. It doesn't matter. They're different experiences. You close your eyes and you breathe deeply in through your nose and out through your mouth as deep as you can for 20 minutes. When you go out through your mouth, you do long, deep exhales, slow. 
like you're blowing through a straw. And as you do that, your mind will start to settle. You'll, you'll start to get parasympathetic. Do that for a couple minutes. Your mind is going to start to settle down. You're going to get parasympathetic, rest and digest. And then you're just going to be sitting there and your mind is going to start tripping out. Dude, what are you doing? You got stuff to do. The kids are going to wake up soon. You need to cook breakfast. Oh, you got to get your haircut today. Oh, you forgot to text that person back yesterday. You're an idiot. But your mind is going to start basically going crazy and just uh, acting like a monkey throwing feces in a room just around it's just your monkey mind just goes crazy so and don't take that as a nod to evolution okay i know some of you guys probably just did but here's the goal as you sit there you just start to watch your mind what's going on you observe it and as you do that as you observe what's going on you also concentrate on your breath like okay i see you mind but let me get back to being present And you just focus on the physical sensations of that air going in through your nose and out through your mouth. And you just focus on it. You concentrate on it. That's why it's a concentration practice as well. Concentrate, concentrate, feel it, feel it. Yes, I'm present. And then your mind again is going to be like, yo, did you hear that? What was that sound outside? I wonder who was that, who that was. Was that the neighbor? I hate that neighbor. There's their dog always, right? Your mind is going to start wondering. And then once you recognize that happening, you bring it back to your breath and you do this over and over again. And this is very difficult. It's a little bit boring, which is good for you, but it makes your brain grow. You get better at doing it. The, the more you practice concentrate, guess what? The better you get at concentrating, the better you get at being able to manage your brain, manage your thinking, separate from your thoughts. You develop that skill, that ability, that muscle to have more objective awareness to what is going on. It allows you to separate from your emotion easier, right? It allows you to to remain more calm in a stressful situation, and it thickens, it, science has proven this, it thickens your prefrontal cortex, and it also establishes gray matter in the brain. Both of those things are closely associated with memory and mood and logical thinking and rationality and all of these things, these things that we want, emotional regulation, control, all that. So that's what I would offer you. In regards to the mental health stuff, I wish someone would have told me that earlier, because it's not a quick fix either. You're not going to meditate for a week and all of a sudden feel like you're a new person. You have to do it over and over and over and over and over and over again. You do it for 60 days, you're going to be a new person. 100%. Do it for 60 days straight and tell me you're not a new person. But that was so helpful for me to discover that practice and be able to use that tool, that my newly strengthened brain, to manage my mental unhealth uh, a little bit better. The other thing that I did was modify my diet, honestly. Start starting to eat like it's it's really paleo, just real food that comes from the earth, raw food, natural food, food that is not messed with by humans, or if so, very little, right? Very little processing. That obviously changed my gut. It changed the nutrients and micronutrients and minerals that I was getting into my system. I started drinking more water, all that stuff. And that helped tremendously, tremendously. But the battle still exists. It still goes on. And I could talk about a lot of different things I've done. I've done hypnotherapy. I've, you know, modified caffeine intake. I've tried supplements of every shape, size, color, form, texture, all that. And a lot of them have worked and a lot of them have been trash. And I've done, I've shocked my brain. Um, And I have this little brain shocking device and I do binaural beats and ice baths and I have a sauna and I, you know, fast and all these different things I've done. But the suffering remains, y'all. The suffering remains. 
and it's never going to go away. What? Carlisle, Nick, that's so discouraging. No, hear me out. Life, this is what my coach tells me. Life is 50-50. Life is 50-50. Your emotional life is 50% good and 50% bad. That statement is true for Oprah, for Elon Musk, Michael Jordan, LeBron, Steph Curry, whoever you want to say. And it's also true for the orphan in Haiti. 50-50. It's a true fact for everyone on the planet. The flavors are different. The topics are different. What they're struggling with is completely different, but it's half good, half bad. Most of us try and fight that reality, and I was trying to fight that reality for so long. I got to make it 80-20. Like, I should be feeling good all the time. Newsflash, you should not be feeling good all of the time. That's dumb. That means you have to feel good about bad things happening. That's dumb. You want to feel bad about bad things happening. It's okay. So the key is to not fight against it. Well, first, the key is to be aware that life is good and bad, and then just accept it. Okay, sweet. Okay, I'm going to stop fighting against the bad. I'm going to allow it to process. I'm going to let it to vibrate through my body. I'm going to experience the discomfort. I'm not going to fight it. I'm not going to subdue it and push it down and not address it. Right? That just makes it stronger. Both of those things make it stronger. I will, I will acknowledge it and separate from it and recognize it for what it is. Oh, what's up, anxiety? I'm not anxious. There is anxiety in my body. I talk, talked about this the a uh, couple episodes back. I am not anxious. I don't say I have anxiety. I am anxious. I say there is anxiety in my body. I see you. There it is. Thank you for what you're trying to tell me. Thank you. I know you're a survival mechanism. I appreciate you, right? But I can separate from you a little bit. I'll acknowledge you. I'll let you vibrate. I'll let you process through me and then I'll spill it out and it'll be gone and it'll vibrate and do its thing. Instead of saying, ah, I got this anxiety. I got to start, you know, uh, uh, let me take these supplements to try and calm it down. No, dang it. That didn't work. I'm going to go on a five mile run. Oh, sweet. That didn't work. I felt good for a minute, but I still, no. Hi, anxiety. I see you. I love you. Thank you. I'm going to talk to people about you. Babe, this anxiety is present in my body. And as I talk through that, guess what happens to the anxiety? Ah, it melts away. Yeah. Going back to that initial thing I said, it's all about communicating what is going on inside of us, sharing with people what is going on, right? And what is going to prevent you from doing that is the false self, is the false self. This is the work that I love to do, my friends. And I've talked about it so much because this is what really speaks true to what I've experienced in my story. And what I struggle with is that we all create this container of a false self that gets placed around us. That's fear-based. When we were told that we weren't good enough or when we were patted on the back by daddy, right, for, for getting the goal or the report card or, you know, whatever it is, we establish these narratives that create this container called the false self. It's ego-based and we stay inside that container and navigate the world through that container, right? We're afraid, like for me, I'll tell you something that is also close to my heart that put a huge wall in in my false self container. When I was like second grade, I think, I was missing two teeth on the side of my two front teeth. And I was walking my friend home from school. We were skating home and his little sister was following us. 
And when we got to his house, I remember like saying bye to him and then bye to his little sister. And his little sister looked up to me. She was probably in kindergarten. She looked up to me and she she squinted her eyes. I could see her little face right now. And she looked at me and then she pointed at me and she said, you have bunny teeth. (laughs) You have bunny teeth. And my friends, I was so like embarrassed and ashamed of myself for some reason in that moment. It's so dumb. But from that moment on, I was aware and self-conscious about my teeth and smiling. I was afraid. To make matters worse, when I was in fifth grade, I was at Sunsplash, which is this like water park in uh, Northern California, for those who don't know. And me and my friend, a different friend, were chasing these girls around, like trying to holler at them, right? Like you go there in fifth grade looking for the cute girls. And we were like, we saw these girls. We were trying to talk to them, you know, get in line next to them or something. So we saw them in the wave pool, right? The wave pool is where the vibes were going on. <laughs> and I slid up over there, right? What's up, ladies? Fifth grade me, jacked up teeth, <laughs> puka shell necklace, vibes. And we tried to holler at these girls. I can't really remember what happened, but her friend basically came up to me like 10 minutes later or something and said, my friend's not interested because you're G- you have jacked up teeth. That further ingrained the false self-narrative that it's unsafe for me to smile. It is unsafe for me to show my teeth because I will not be accepted. I will not be loved. I'm unlovable if I do. I will be kicked out of the tribe if they see me for who I really am. And I'm completely now by the beauty of therapy and meditation and deep introspection, I'm aware of this narrative and I've been able to dissolve it and recognize it as the false self. And it's been so liberating, but it affected me for so long subconsciously. And I'm like, dang, what is that? I couldn't really understand. I was so connected to it and identified with it. There was no separation from it. And I didn't have awareness to what was going on. But what it was, was it was a narrative that placed a part of a container around me. It was a false self container around me that it's unsafe for me to smile. So now when I dissolve, as I've dissolved that false self container, what becomes available? Everything, everything. I'm joyful. I'm smiling, right? So I would offer you to start looking back on your childhood, the earlier, the better. Start to think of these things that really stick out to you that were strongly associated with negative emotion. Like, when were you hurt? When did you experience really uncomfortable emotion? What was that thing on the playground that that kid said? Or that your brother said? Or that your friend's little sister said? (laughs) Oh, man. So good. Start to do some introspection. And then ask yourself, what story did I tell myself? What did I learn about myself? It's going to come back to some type of unworthiness. right? That's what it always comes back to. Some, some type of unlovability. Like you're unlovable. Start to piece those together and say, how is that now manifesting in my relationships? How is that affecting the way that I navigate social life? How is it affecting the way I show up in my job? I just want to challenge you to to start reflecting on that stuff because that that deep work that that's where it's done. 
That is where it's done. And I think also that's why, honestly, the rise of psychedelics and mental health has been so helpful for people when it's done professionally is that people are able to access these powerful, powerful past circumstances and experiences. They're able to revisit them and acknowledge what happened and what was encoded into their mind. But at the same time, because of the psychedelics, they're experiencing a very, very strong feeling inside of their body. And the feeling is so strong and so powerful that it's actually able to wipe out the old feeling, the old negative feeling. Because that's why we have traumas. It's not the act. It's the feeling of the act. It's the feeling inside of the body from what was said to us or what occurred. The feeling was so strong that our body was like, you better not forget this. We almost died. We almost did not survive that. We were very unlovable there. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. That was a strong negative emotion. So to 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 get rid of, maybe that's not the right language there, but to overcome that programming, you have to replace it with a stronger emotion. And I think that that's my theory for what psychedelics is doing for people. And it's fascinating that all of these hospitals and big organizations are are hopping on board smart established respectful people and there's a big difference between like to say that like mushrooms are a drug and cocaine is a drug and they're the same thing that's not that's not accurate that's a naive thing to say and an ignorant thing to say i've done mushrooms before one time and it was the most powerful and traumatic experience well that's an exaggeration it was a very very traumatic experience. Let's just say I was on the bathroom floor at a friend's house crying about my sister and the love of my parents. <laughs> it was all bad. But straight up, that's that is that is the power of psychedelics. It's it unleashes a level of love and feeling that uh is otherwise unachievable, I would say. It is so deep and so real as opposed to like, you know, other street drugs and like coke and meth and pills and all that stuff it ain't doing that that's just yeah it's just different so i'll just challenge you if you have beliefs there to kind of reconsider them and don't bring your judgments over to that world um if they're not well thought out normalize having your thoughtful opinions held loosely is what they say okay so i regress again but the mental health thing my friends is so big and i just want to encourage you i just want to encourage you that if you are struggling if you're suffering, if you're having mental health battles, start to reach out to people, talk about it, explore different modalities, and be real. Be real. All right, my friends. I hope I was able to get... I, I should... See, I didn't plan that talk, and I also didn't plan this talk. I didn't learn from my past mistakes, so hopefully I communicate what was on my heart. I'll probably listen back to this and say, well, I should do another follow-up episode, but it's just me being real, y'all. All right. hope you enjoyed this. Love you all. Please share this. Peace. A special thanks to King's Kaleidoscope for the music heard throughout this episode. Also, a big shout out to Capital Floats, aka my favorite sensory deprivation and float tank facility in Northern California. I'm a frequent user there, and the experience is always transformative to say the least. 
If you're interested in floating and live in Northern Cal, make sure you use promo code LIFEENCHANTED with no spaces at checkout on their website. You'll save a whopping 40% off your first float and you will not find that deal anywhere else. Also, in regards to some of the content shared in these episodes, make sure you always consult your doctor before making any sudden diet or lifestyle changes. If you're interested in connecting with me, you can find me on Instagram at nick.carlisle or send me an email nick at mylifeenchanted.com.